you brought up a real first appearance. And I have a real first appearance that I secured over the last couple of years. And we're going to talk about that here in a second because I was in a documentary. That's right. Well, it's coming out soon. Yeah, I was going to say. But we're going to talk about it soon and I'll I'll get to it, but not before we talk about Hero Restoration Hot Damn. Okay, so this uh, company, they're, they're magicians. They literally have family ties to Harry Potter because there's a lot of secrecy within this company. But when you really look at the lineage, there are individuals who are part of this company that actually have dabbled in magic. I'm not going to say the occult, but for sure the supernatural. All right. HRcomics.com is where you can send your expensive paper to be fixed. Make them their best selves um, by, by artists, but specifically comic experts who know how to fix it. And we have a picture to show you just how much a press, a cleaning can better a comic book. This is where you send your Avengers one to Jeff. Yeah. I mean, if you go to their Instagram page specifically, cause that's the one I follow link in the description. They, um, they constantly put up new photos. So their latest is an Avengers one with a massive spine roll and plus extra staples all along the spine. But they fix this spiral, so immediately you know you have better eye appeal. Okay, it looks far better from just that alone. Then they press the cover as well, which Russ, you looked at that as uh, mm-hmm. uh, too. And what did you think with the the pressing of that cover? Oh, it's 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 incredible. I mean, really, it's one of those things that there are a lot of people out there who are doing pressing and restoration. And Hero Restoration is absolutely in the top percent. I definitely recommend them. Their results are impressive every single time. And I'll tell you where it goes a little further because I mean, I press and other people press too. So there's a lot of people who do it. And you can learn very well with time and practice and you get to the same level maybe at some point if you make that a dedication. You still see residuals from a press sometimes. So you don't always necessarily get it fully out. But I've seen with them that they get that little extra bit. Okay, because you you, you, you can see a press and you can see sometimes a wrinkle came out, but it's still a little bit there. But you did a good job. You gave yourself a pat on the back. You're like, oh, I did the best I could and I improved the book. Right. But they'll take it a little bit further where it's just a little more faint than anything I think I could do without putting the extra time. And at that point, you might as well have the professional do it. Seeing in some of the pictures on their Instagram, truthfully, you can look at them and go, if I were to do this, I could make the crease look better. Their crease looks removed. It's really impressive how well they can do on a lot of these books. I'm actually shocked sometimes when I see the A and B photos on these. Comic fam, go do yourself a favor. Follow Hero Restoration on Instagram. At the very least, you're going to be hit with some awesome eye candy. I think Mm -hmm. it's always really fun to see before and (laughs) afters. They'll get you motivated wanting you to press some stuff. It'll also give you some ideas when you're looking at comics going, you know what? This could be a 9.4, 9.6, 9.8 if you get it to the right individuals or if you take on the duties, as Jeff said, and start practicing, which I encourage. I love pressing me some books, but time is tough. And if you're not really diligent, and you're doing it all the time, you may mess up. And messing up on most comic books is no big deal, but if it's an expensive book, if it's an Avengers number one, you're going to really be upset. But that's not what this conversation's about. HRcomics.com, um, big shout out to um, the second sponsor of the show. And we got to get into, um, I want to I bring it back. I want to bring it back to the Submariner issue that we were just talking about, Motion Picture Funnies Weekly number one. 
Because Motion Picture Funnies Weekly Number One is a very scarce book and it's a promotional item. I've mentioned the Hellboy lens on the show multiple times. Mm -hmm. I use this um, analogy, this, this example regularly when discussing first appearances and cameo appearances, because how dicey does this get being that we discuss so many trending books and it's the trending books that kind of come and go largely because of something that's new that happened. And a lot of the times that when books get like trendingly hot, it's because of a first appearance and or cameo. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even as recently as like talking about the Moon Knight things, we had the Warren Ellis Moon Knight run at the head of the first appearance of Mr. Knight. And then people started talking about Secret Avengers, which is the first time we saw Moon Knight in the Moon Knight suit. So people are always looking for that. What's the first? What's the real first? And Hellboy is one of those that every single time you turn around, you find another one go, oh, Maybe it was that one because Mignola had been working on this Hellboy character for forever. It's just a really good example of how dicey things can get because we were talking about Marvel previews before. And I think one of the big determinations of the value of that book outside of Miles being on the cover is the size of the book. Mm -hmm. I think collectors really enjoy comic book size. We even seen that with Star Wars keys because a lot of these Star Wars key books were adapted from a larger oversized retelling of the story. Mm -hmm. But it's the comic books that people are after. It's specifically something that's going to fit in their short box, their long box, you know, their, their, their frame or something on set like we have here. So um, one of the very, very earliest grails that I added to my list was a Hellboy key book that were known to exist, but they're essentially known as ghost comic books. Hellboy collectors know them. I've known it. You guys have heard me talk in length about this. When I first met you, Jeff, I asked you about this book. I told you to keep it on your radar. Russ, I have told you multiple times, and you've told, I can't even, I don't even know how many people, because you see so many more individuals, to keep an eye out for this particular collectible. Oh, yeah. Great Salt Lake Comic-Con pamphlet, debuted in 1991. Um, this was the demon that Hellboy was commissioned to draw on the inside of a uh, convention at the Great Salt Lake Comic Con. And it was given out. It's a little oversized. And we'll show the cover of this on the screen because this is my copy. I acquired it last year. And I purchased, purchased this copy from the person who acquired it from, the, from eBay, which was the last eBay sale of this item dating back to before, I believe it was 2012. We're talking... Near 2010, 2012 is when the last eBay item went. And it came and went for hundreds of dollars because people didn't know what it was. Well, I can tell you, we covered this sale and it hit around $5,000. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell everybody that I paid over $9,000 for the thing. So that's how much this book meant to me as a person who was hunting for a grail. And I traded up to it. I like to do the gem mint style, gem mint. have the hobby fund itself. You know, I moved some books and I got an expensive grail that a lot of people would scoff at. But you know what? Over the last month, I was invited to go meet someone at your shop, Russ. Mm -hmm. And what happened? Well, uh, they ended up asking to be able to videotape this and show the actual page of the Hellboy. So Tom got to be in a Hellboy documentary with this book. 
Again, as long as I've been doing this, this is the only copy of this I've ever seen. Tom and I have been trying to find a copy of this forever. The fact that you even were able to acquire one is really mind-blowing. So this is, again, the one copy that we know of that has ever been traded publicly. It's so strange, but the director behind the next Mignola documentary, it's like the first official Mike Mignola documentary, he hit you up because he was nearby. Right. And then he got in touch with me um, via IG and said, hey, we're done filming the movie. We did everything. We met with Mignola. We met with Frank Miller. We, we met with uh, Neil Gaiman, right? Mm -hmm. And out of all the shots that they had, all the original artwork. I mean, they met with Mignola. Like right. he, they had access to everything. At his house doing all of the, hey, what's the original art you drew? Yeah. They did not stuff. have a copy to show, like a nice visual representation of Great Salt Lake Comic Con, the pamphlet. So when he saw that I had one and he could find us at your shop, right. I went out there and my hands were indeed in the documentary. <laughs> I opened up the book to the spread and uh, the gentleman got some really good takes and I'm excited to see the Mignola documentary. The comic fam knows that he's like one of right. my favorite artists of all time, the king of negative space. Well, this right here is the, the pinnacle of Mignola slash Hellboy grails to own outside of like original art. And that market, which we're not even touching on, are one of ones that go crazy and they've been hitting all kinds of highs mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. But it keeps getting more interesting because the Hellboy depicted in this pamphlet, it's a demon. It doesn't look like Big Red. It doesn't look like Hellboy from Sea to Destruction. It looks like just a random character. And it says Hellboy on the belt buckle because Mignola drew a big belt and he wanted to fill it up. So he thought it'd be a good name, Hellboy. And that's why this means so much to Hellboy collectors because this right here is like the prototype version. So now the pinnacle of Hellboy collect, you know, in a Hellboy collector's collection, the pinnacle of Mignola collectibles is a pamphlet, which is also like a, it's a, it's a promotional item and it's not even of the actual character. It's a prototype. There was another finding between this book that most people didn't even know of until the most, you know, until like the last decade and the book that people started to find out about, Dime Press 4, which is the prototype of Hellboy officially. And that was Next Men 14, April 1993. Now, this is a crazy one. Again, another one of those true firsts that Topher found while just digging through an Legit. older issue. It's, we're talking 2020 that this happened? Yep. It took that long for this book to climb out of the dollar bin. Mm-hmm. And sprint its way over to average prices currently on Key Collector. High average is $20. $100 9.8s to this day. Oh. Over 25 years from this book, Next Men 14, being printed for anyone to even realize that Hellboy was in there. Now, if you look at the fine print, the Indicia, it actually even says Hellboy, property, Mike Mignola, copyright. Like, it's in there. But if you're flipping through the pages, there is a poster in the background. It is a red poster, and it is very clearly our friend Hellboy on there. So it is a color Hellboy the actual Hellboy that we know, and he happens to be in Next Men 14. It's like a poster, though. It's like it's a little, little yep. sketch. Not here. a character. He's not speaking. No. It is just a poster in the background. So that happened recently. People uncovered that. They got really excited. I got excited. But there was also this other book that's rather expensive, and it came out in Italy. It was a magazine, and it was a miniature magazine. Yeah, Dime Press 4. 
And uh, God, what year was it when I was showing that copy off to you that I had? But I think it was before I opened the shop, so it yes. might have been 2011. Dude, I've bought a copy from both of you guys. <laughs> yeah. So like, no, people didn't care about this book when I was When you it. showed it to me, it was the first one I'd ever seen, and I was actually shocked that it was not comic book size because I had heard of it, but I had never seen one in person. It's tiny. So when you're like, oh, I've got one, and you, like, showed it to me, I'm like, whoa, this is small. Next Men 14 came out in April 93. Dime Press number four is a May 1993 release. So we're talking within like 45 days, plus right. or minus 60 days, because, you know, stuff gets made and then sent out and sometimes it gets held. You know, like you know, there's, these dates are weird, but this is the order, as we know, based off of the printing. Yeah, I mean, somehow I got turned on to it. I can't remember where, but it ended up with like four or five copies. I had trouble selling them, but they were they still had like a legend market value because they were cool. And I remember talking to a guy in Italy who I got them from, and I think I might have made that contact through eBay at some point. Describe you know? that cover, because it's it's not red Hellboy, but it looks just yeah, like Hellboy. Yeah, if I remember, it's like kind of a grayish, coolish mm-hmm. gray, kind mm-hmm. of darker, and it's a guy kind of floating in the sky in a blue background yep. and this little picture frame Marvel type style, but yep. a little box. And it's a smaller book. I remember receiving it like, oh, this thing is not as big as I thought. But the guy had like 200 copies. Oh, my God. (laughs) Guys, this is a print run of uh, allegedly 2,000 that were created and distributed in Italy. And you had an opportunity to buy 200 of them. Comic Fam, recent sales, a 9.2 signed by Mike Mignola, the creator of Hellboy. By the way, doesn't typically charge for signatures. Um, He likes to do donations, which is a great way 